Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. We're entering into the season of Advent as we make our transition from Thanksgiving into Christmas as we round the corner from Thanksgiving on the uh, given feasting on the delights of our table and preparing our hearts for the coming of this Christmas season. May we also find ourselves already falling into some routines we may have as we gear up for this Christmas season. One of the routines I fall into throughout this season, I'll be honest with you, I love Hallmark Christmas movies. Anybody else love Hallmark Christmas movies? It's all right. The first step to recovery is admitting you have a problem. I guess I've been hanging around with Pastor John too much. I love these movies. And I love these movies because they're sweet, saccharine, syrupy tales that warm my heart. And they are so predictable. They free me from having to do any heavy lifting or really deep thought about what comes next in the plot lines. They follow a pretty simple pattern, if you've never seen one. And they all end pretty predictably. In fact, my wife Joy, who's here tonight, she and I enjoy pausing the movies as we go along to see if we can guess what's going to happen next. They're so predictable and formulaic. I wanted to take a moment tonight, though, and test your knowledge of Hallmark Christmas movies by offering three plots, and we're going to work together to see if we can guess which plot is a real Hallmark Christmas movie plot. Are you ready? Think you're up to the task? Here we go. All right, is it number one? A set of identical twins dissatisfied with their current situations decide to switch lives for the Christmas season. And by doing so, they each learn the true meaning of Christmas. Is it number one or is it number two? Melanie is assigned her crush Donovan for her office secret Santa. And just as her thoughtful gifts make Donovan fall in love with her, another woman swoops in and tries to take credit for Melanie's gifts. Dun, dun, dun. Or is it number three? A single mother is devastated when her car is stolen on Christmas Eve with a winning lottery ticket inside. And when she suddenly meets a charming man, her luck seems to have changed. Which one do you think is the real Hallmark Christmas movie plot? This is the audience participation part of the sermon. One? Three? Somebody already guessed it. If you're a tr- and you're a true Hallmark aficionado. Because they're all three real plots for real Hallmark Christmas movies. Alright? Sorry, it was a trick question. We all fall into routines in this season leading up to Christmas for good or for ill. Some people, I'm told, hate Hallmark Christmas movies. I don't know who these people are, but... Our routines, our traditions, our habits that we move through, like watching Hallmark Christmas movies or going out to see Christmas lights or baking a special dish or spending time on a particular project together, these can be helpful and healthy for us as we approach the season of Christmas. But if we don't watch out, we can get caught up in the weariness of these routines we have made for ourselves and miss the great life-changing thing 
God has in store for us this Christmas. We can go through the motions, we can get all of the things checked off, our baking, shopping, and gift-giving to-do lists, and simply make it through. And by following our plans, we have a pretty good Christmas. We can have a pretty good time. But we might miss the great thing that God has planned for us, much like we see in our scripture for today. So I want you to open your Bibles or your Bible apps like the WC Life app to our scripture today from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 5 through 18. Our scripture in Luke tells the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth, the parents of John the Baptist, and the announcement of the great gift God has in store for them as we read from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 5 through 18. In the days of King Herod of Judea, There was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and both were getting on in years. Once when Zechariah was serving as a priest before God and his section was on duty, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and offer incense. Now at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. And then there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink. Even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit." He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and with the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know this is so? For I am an old man, and my wife is getting on. In the years. Before we dive into this text and really kind of uncover what it has to say for us, I want to expand on what our opening lines from our reading tonight tell us about the lives of Zechariah and Elizabeth. We know that they were both from priestly families, families of the lineage of Aaron, the founder and head of the Israelite priesthood, who with his brother Moses leads the Israelites out of Egypt. We read that story in the book of Exodus. So Zechariah and Elizabeth are both born into families whose business was literally the priesthood, meaning the male members of their family oversaw the worship of God in the temple in Jerusalem. We're told they are righteous, living blamelessly before God according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. Zechariah belongs to the priestly order of Abijah, who are called up to perform the duties at the temple in Jerusalem. And while Zechariah is there, the priest casts lots 
to decide who's going to do what. And the lot falls on Zechariah to offer the incense offering. As he's accomplishing this, he encounters an angel of the Lord. In particular, we find out the angel Gabriel, the very same angel who later speaks to Mary, the mother of Jesus. Zechariah, when he comes into contact with Gabriel, we're told, is absolutely terrified. Fear overwhelms him. In this temple, this holiest of spaces, this holy man is not ready to encounter a message from one of God's holy messengers. So Gabriel reassures him, comforts him, offers that God has indeed heard his prayers, and these prayers have been answered. The prayers of the people for a Messiah, yes, but also the deeply held prayer of Zechariah's heart that he and Elizabeth, his wife, even in their advanced years, will welcome a child. Now, we might expect a holy man like Zechariah to immediately accept this great blessing that is being bestowed upon he and his wife. But how does Zechariah respond? He questions, how will I know this is so, he says, for I'm an old man and my wife is getting on in years, which by the way, good on Zechariah for not calling his wife old, even in the midst of the temple when he's alone with the angel Gabriel. Instead of falling to his knees to praise God for this message, instead of accepting this life-changing gift from God, Zechariah questions He lets the busyness of his routine get in the way, and he misses the transforming, routine-disrupting, miraculous news from God. Zechariah lets his weariness keep him from rejoicing. And there's some lessons here in this scripture. Three things in particular I think we can pull out of it and learn from as we prepare our hearts and our minds and our souls this Advent season, to avoid letting, like Zechariah, our weariness get in the way of our rejoicing. To avoid finding ourselves on the other side of a good Christmas, having missed the great thing that God wants to reveal to us. First, I, I, I attest to you, we have to decide what it is we're wanting this Advent season. What are we wanting this Christmas? This entire season leading up to Christmas is spent in the posture of wanting. It's a season of expectation. I'm sure many of us have already made our Christmas wish lists, already know what we want for this Christmas. We'll spend much of our time this season trying to find the perfect gifts for those we love. And there is no shame in that at all. I do not want you to hear me say that we shouldn't buy gifts for our family because that is not what the sermon is about. But what if, in looking for the good thing, we miss the great thing? I can remember one Christmas, years ago, I was about seven years old, all I wanted, all I wanted on Christmas Day, all I wanted under the tree was a leather jacket, like the coolest dude I knew, Arthur Fonzarelli, the Fonz from the TV show Happy Days. I mean, look at the guy. Who wouldn't want to be Fonzie, right? That jacket was all I wanted. That was it. I just wanted that jacket. And that year I got a bunch of other presents. I think I even got my first bicycle. 
But the only picture of me that Christmas is me wearing my leather Fonzie jacket. And I wore that jacket out. I wore it outside. I wore it inside. I wore it to church. I wore it to school. I wore it to any event that occurred in my life. I even wore it, I'm told, to bed for like the weeks and months following Christmas. I loved that jacket. It was all I wanted. And my Fonzie jacket was good. I mean, come on, who wouldn't want to look like the Fonz, right? But there were so many other great things I missed going on around me, like enjoying the presence of family that have since passed on, or making indelible memories that would last a lifetime. They all passed me by because all I wanted was that jacket. All I was focused on was getting that jacket. And in April and May, when the weather warmed up and jackets weren't necessary, where did it go? I don't know. Because if I had it, I'd be wearing it tonight. I'm giving you guys the thumbs up. I don't have it anymore. It was a good gift. But it wasn't like the greatest gift I had ever received. And as I think on that story, I wonder if you and I can comprehend a really great gift the life-changing gift we will receive this Christmas from God. Will we lose focus like I did and fixate ourselves on wanting certain things that will fulfill our wish lists and miss seeing that that perfect gift is right in front of us? As we prepare our hearts and our souls for this Christmas, this Advent season, do we want our hearts a little warmer? Do we want our lives a little better? Do we need, do we want a little Christmas? Or do we want and need a big, life-changing Christ? Do we want those items that will fill a hole in our closet or our bookshelf? Or do we want those yearnings of our hearts? Those prayers we don't share with anyone but the Lord fulfilled. Those things that will go towards fulfilling and filling that God-shaped hole in each and every one of our souls. You see, Zechariah wanted to do the right thing in the sight of God. He wanted to worship God. He wanted to follow God's commandments. He wanted to serve and accomplish all the tasks before him, all for the glory of God. But he was focused on the good task of offering incense to the Lord, and he wasn't ready for the great thing that the Lord was about to do. He failed to see the great thing God had in store for him, the even greater thing God had in store for the world that would happen and be accomplished through this child that he and Elizabeth had prayed so long for. See, Zechariah and Elizabeth were two righteous people, absolutely, yes. But deep down inside, they're just like you and me. They're two people who are broken, two people with a hole in their hearts and their souls, a wanting that only God can fulfill. There are people with a God-shaped hole, praying, desiring, and wanting something life-changing, something special, something great, a child. Maybe our desires Maybe our deep wants this Christmas aren't for a child, or maybe they are. 
Or maybe they're for the health and wellness of our family. Or maybe they're for the wholeness in those broken places in our lives. Maybe they're for healing or for hope or for joy or for peace or for love. Whatever those desires are, whatever those wants are, God will do something great through them. And we may have come to believe like Zachariah and Elizabeth, that desire, that wanting is just too big. It's too big for God to accomplish anything through it. It, We may, like Zachariah and Elizabeth, have buried those wants so deep down within us that we think they're completely out of reach. But I want us to remember that nothing, nothing is out of reach of the God who creates us and redeems us and sustains us. Whatever it is we want, It is not too deep. It is not too far away for God to put his fingerprints all over it and to make something truly life-changing and transformative happen through it if we want it. Second, what are we anticipating? What are we watching out for this Advent season? I propose to you that our eyes, our ears, our hearts, our minds, our souls must be open and attentive, must be watching out for the great thing that God has in store for each and every one of us this Christmas season. Now, I use my Hallmark Christmas movies as something I watch to get through the holiday season, and we can laugh because we all have something we latch our attention to, something to distract us from the busyness of the season. But we've got to keep watching. Keep watching for the out of the ordinary, amazing things God has in store. Zechariah wasn't watching for the angel. He wasn't watching for the miraculous thing God was about to do because his focus was on the task at hand. We've got to be ready. We've got to have our eyes peeled, our hearts open, our ears listening, our souls ready to receive the miracle God has to work in our lives. If we get caught up in the formulaic routines of getting everything done to make this Christmas good, we may miss out on the great things God has in store. We have to be watching for it. And lastly, I ask you, how are we waiting this Advent season? How are you waiting this Advent season? As we prepare ourselves to want and to watch, how will we wait? We have some clues here from the story of Zechariah. After Gabriel receives Zechariah's question, Gabriel responds with this, Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak, until the day these things occur. Gabriel literally silences Zechariah. And for some of us, silence is probably the worst punishment we can possibly wrap our minds around. But I don't think it's a punishment. I think it's an opportunity. I think Gabriel is giving Zechariah and us a glimpse of how God wants us to wait, especially in seasons like Advent, seasons of great potential. God wants us to wait in stillness 
and in silence. God wants us to give him some waiting room. Give him some room to work the miracle God has in store for us. As your pastor of care and support, it has been my great honor and my distinct privilege to spend quite a bit of time with you, the people of White's Chapel, in a number of different waiting rooms. Praying, holding on to hope as loved ones are in surgery or receiving much needed medical care. Waiting rooms, in my experience, are spaces filled with tension and anxiety, worry, quiet struggle and weariness. But they are also spaces filled with hope. Waiting rooms are constructed and outfitted for the sole purpose of holding people while they pass time waiting. And giving God some waiting room is what the season of Advent is all about. It's what the season of Advent is constructed and outfitted for. It's about waiting for the miracle of Christmas. As human beings, we will avoid any opportunity to experience waiting because in our push button, gotta have it right now culture, we hate waiting. The irony of this is that waiting does have its benefits. While it can be stressful and challenging, giving ourselves room to wait and room for God to work can also be advantageous. The stillness and the silence of waiting allows us to put our situations in perspective and to hand them over to God. When we wait, we find the opportunity to slow down and to take a breath begin to see all sides of our experience to lift our prayers to God to lean on the support of other people and find hope in whatever situation we may find ourselves in the season of Advent is by definition a season of waiting, a season where we stand on the threshold of what was, what is, and what is yet to come. In this season, we anticipate the gift of the Christ child with the knowledge that Christ has already come and the anticipation of what Christ will ultimately accomplish. How we wait makes all the difference. And no matter how long we have to wait, the waiting will be worth it. Because in the greatest act of love, God plunges himself into human flesh through the incarnation. And through Jesus, God shows us once and for all the great lengths God will go to because of his great love for us. The great act of love does not begin with a visit from an angel to an old priest named Zachariah or a young virgin named Mary. This great act of love does not start with the foretelling of prophets of old or wise holy men. The greatest act of love, the first chapter of the Gospel of John reminds us, commences at the very beginning of all time and space with God through whom all things come into being. What has come into being in him was life, John tells us. 
And that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. These words herald the dawn of great love. Because when God took on flesh to dwell among us in the birth of the Christ child, the world had already been waiting. The waiting had been going on generations and eons and centuries had been going on since God took a breath and spoke creation into existence. And after all the waiting, the thrill of hope, Emmanuel, the long-expected Jesus, the inbreaking of God into humanity through the birth of Jesus Christ offers us great light, and a breathtaking glimpse into an eternal future, free from slavery to sin and death. And that, my friends, is worth wanting. That, my friends, is worth watching for. That is worth the wait. So let's not miss it this Advent, this Christmas season. Let's not let our weariness keep us from rejoicing. Let us pray. God of us all in your own time, in the mystery of your schedule, you will unfold before us great things that we are not, honestly, may not ever truly be prepared for. You know our deepest desires, those wants of our souls that go well beyond any wish list or prayer list, those gifts that cannot be wrapped up with paper and bows and placed under a tree, those wants that dwell deep inside of us, those wants only you can make reality. Open our souls to hand those wants over to you. Open our eyes and our ears to see and hear you working in and through our lives so we, we don't miss a thing this Advent season. And gracious God, help us to wait. Calm our impatience with the world and our current situations. Calm our storms, quiet our chaos, so that when you work that miracle, we are ready to receive it for the life-changing opportunity it will be. This Advent season, help us to want more of you, to watch for your signs and wonders, to wait in eager anticipation for Christ once again, to break into our lives and change our worlds forever. We lift this prayer to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer and our salvation. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.